War of the Words. 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 Hello and welcome to War of the Words, the podcast where we pit real writers against AI. We're your hosts and walking punchlines. I'm Devin Wood. And I'm Glenn Wood. I'm Devin's father. I'm also an author, a copywriter, a screenwriter, and I and an actor on occasion. An occasional Shorten Street <laughs> guest, occasional, occasional, guest actor. Occasional actor. <laughs> We're two generations of writers in one family, so as you can imagine, Scrabble was quite tense in our house. Um, and currently I work in advertising as a writer. Followed in her father's footsteps. Exactly. God help her. You get the Wood family dynasty going. Ah, good work. <laughs> Um, Dad, I've also asked ChatGPT to write us a little intro to the podcast if you'd like to hear it. I would love to hear it. I'll be interested to see what it comes up with. Greetings, ink slingers and code crunchers. On this podcast, we dive into the endless debate of real writers versus AI. Grab your quills and keyboards and let the typing tango begin. I'll I'll grab my quill immediately. Yeah, (laughs) here's one I prepared earlier. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, it's on topic. Yeah, hey, I quite like Typing Tango. I think we should keep that. Typing Tango's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> be interesting to see what a, a writer would have come up with. Yeah, not that. that, I think. No, no, not in a million years. <laughs> Were there any others? Oh, yeah, actually. Okay, I asked it to give me a few options. And here's a good one. Good day, fellow word warriors. We are here to explore the clash of ink-stained heroes and AI-powered scribblers. Spoiler alert, it's a real page-turner. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's florid, I think, would be my description of that. Yeah, yeah. Here's another good one. Greetings, bookworms and bite lovers. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's kind of, it's riffing on a theme. Yeah, hey, you know, it's it's not all bad. On that, I have written a, I've written a joke because we're talking about comedy. Okay, excellent. Let's hear it. Right, okay. How many chatbots does it take to change a light bulb? Five. No. Two. One to change the light bulb and the other to destroy civilization as we know it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, no. I don't it's know how funny, funny that's going to be in 20 years' time. <laughs> no, no, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, as you said, this the topic of this week's episode is stand-up comedy. Um, and I don't really know that ChatGPT can do comedy yet. No, that'll be interesting, actually. We'll find out. Typing tangos aside. Who's our guest? Well, our guest, we are extremely lucky to have a very special guest for our inaugural episode. Well, we're not that lucky. He's my mate. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's Jeremy Corbett. Shall I say a bit about Jeremy? Please do. Okay. Jeremy is often called the father of New Zealand comedy, or if it's his mates who are calling him it, it's the great-grandfather. He uh, co-hosts Seven Days and The Project, and he's been a feature of the stand-up scene in New Zealand for many years. He's also a damn fine bloke. And he used to host More FM. I he remember did. listening yes. to him in the car on the way to school. Yes, long and, well, shall we say, checkered career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before we welcome Jeremy to the podcast, we're kicking things off with a little game we like to call Ninja Words. Ninja Words. The aim of the game is quite simple. We each have to choose an obscure word for the other one to work into the conversation without Jeremy noticing, because if he picks it at the end, you lose. Yep. And if you don't manage to work the word in by the end of the podcast, you lose. So if I just forget. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm old. Yeah. Right, okay. That would be great, because then I would win. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And is there a prize? Um, Glory. Glory is good. Okay, good. Bragging rights. Bragging rights, even better. Righto. Okay, so, Dad. Hit, hit me with it. This episode's ninja word for you is fish cake. Fish cake. Fish cake. 
It flows so naturally into so many conversations. I can't wait to see how you work it in. Okay, <laughs> challenge accepted. And your ninja word is amoeba. 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 <laughs> Spectacular. Okay, great. <laughs> Righto, let's get Jeremy into the studio. Now, shall we talk a little bit about ChatGPT? What does ChatGPT actually stand for, Devin? Well, um, I looked this up. ChatGPT is Chat Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. Catchy. Snappy stuff. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know or hasn't used it before, it's an open AI system that basically writes anything you ask it to do or will write it for you, and it does it instantly in a flash. It's yeah. incredible. Have you used it? I have used it, yeah, uh, on the project. We've talked about it and used it. And what I put, and, and I asked this question several times over and got different answers every time, which was great. I said, um, tell me what to say when my wife asks me what I'm thinking. <laughs> That's, and, that is good. And every time it came up with a different answer, they were, they were sort of along a little bit of a theme. It was like, what I'm thinking about is our upcoming holiday and how much beautiful time we're going to spend together. And things like that. <laughs> so it's quite smarmy. Oh, yeah, a little bit. It was a little bit saccharine, but, it, but but good, like certainly as good as anything I could come up with. Well, I'm not sure I believe that. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. just nothing is the answer, right? Well, with yeah. men it is actually, and but women don't buy that, so we sort of have to make something up. So we look around the room and go, I was thinking about how good this table looks. Yeah. <laughs> that's because that's, we're literally, nothing's going on up there. No, and scarily, now ChatGPT can do that for you. So if, the, if there was a handy way of having it in your, in your pocket that could, I don't know, you whisper in your ear sort of, you know, with an earpiece and tell you what to say, it would be very handy. Well, be sort Elon of a Roxanne must- situation. Elon Musk wants to put chips in our brains. That was the headline this week. His Neuralink company just got approved for human trials. Oh, good. Oh, it'll so, happen. <laughs> before you know it, ChatGPT could be whispering in your ear. I believe it. I, it'll, it'll happen. I think I think AI is a bigger threat than climate change. It's going to get us quicker. And 350 AI executives, researchers and engineers agree with you because they put out a statement this week which said mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. Yeah. Nuclear? Yeah, very good. You didn't say nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. <laughs> yeah, good. I said nuclear the it's first time. It's a weird one, that, isn't it? People do stumble over that. Yeah. You know, but those are, those are quite biggies, you know. Pandemics and, well, blowing the crap out of everybody. To put AI, AI as a threat as big as that, yeah. it's Terminator, isn't it? Really? Well, it, it is a little bit. I, I remember seeing an image of a, um, an artificial intelligence machine. This was some years ago. And they'd given it the job. They were, they were getting it to learn on its own and they were giving it the job of moving a bunch of boxes from one part of a warehouse to the other and figure out the most efficient way of doing that by by doing it over and over and over and each time learning a better right. way of doing it. And there was a guy standing in the warehouse watching it and you just you saw that picture and you went, sooner or later that machine's gonna go, What's really slowing me down is that bag of meat. <laughs> yeah. Let's get that out of the way. Exactly. That guy, do we need him? We don't. We don't. Yeah. I think it's that's the worry eh, that it's gonna conclude humanity, do we need him? Yeah. Well, the, the, and we or this, this is getting really dark really quickly, but already there are uh, have been drones that have killed people, deciding for themselves to kill that person. They have been given a program and they've right. been given faces that they have to recognise and kill, but autonomously of anyone pressing the trigger, drones have already done that. It's this already happening. This isn't just your friendly no. household drone, is it? This is this is obviously military it's hardware. Military hardware, yeah, yeah. But it's happened, you know. They've sent the drone off and yeah. then just said, when you spot this person, kill him. 
So it hasn't waited for a kill order. No. It's just decided by itself. It's gone off, I guess, with a kill order in there, but it's yeah. the one who's had to, to decide, yeah, which that, is frightening. That's not good. Yeah, and here I am just worried about keeping my little job writing 15-second radio ads for supermarkets. And which stuff. is where you should be focused. Yeah. We shouldn't worry about these big things because let's just worry about the little things. Yeah, one, one, one worry at a time. Yeah. yeah. I'm really looking forward to the uh, AI becoming our masters. and just <laughs> me, I can relax and they'll look after my every need. <laughs> as long as they're not armed. Yeah. <laughs> so have you used ChatGPT to write any jokes for the project or seven days before? No, I haven't used it for that. Well, this is a, this is an interesting thing, I think, because can it do humour? Can it do humour? I, I don't know right now. My prediction is it will. I think it, I think it potentially can replace pretty much any job and, and people that don't think it's going to replace their job, that's kind of just human arrogance. I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of humour comes from the left field of the brain, though. Does this left comes out of left field, and I'm not sure. Can it learn to think left field? I think so. Okay. I, I, well, look look how impressive it is already, you know, yeah. and 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 it's learning all the time from everything that we put into it. So, uh, and as they say, you know, with humour, there are only really ten jokes. Do you know what I mean? And everything's just a <laughs> variation used them, on that. You, I've used all of them, <laughs> and badly. Um, so, so it'll, it'll, I think it can probably learn those rules, the rules of jokes, quite quickly, and then just, you know, find a way of of putting this the surreal or a twist in there. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it could do maybe. Yeah, though could do it. interestingly, I went and saw um, Ross Noble the other the other day. Amazing. And yeah. Well, he's called. They call him the comedian's comedian, don't they? Because yes. his his routines are never the same. Hmm. So he's coming up with stuff on the spot, and he's. You know, he's riffing on things that come at him from the audience and that sort of stuff. And I guess, like a stand-up performance, you're pretty much safe. Though I actually said this to Devin, it's never going to replace stand-up comedy or anything like that. But <laughs> And I whistle. like to say, I just I just like to caveat that with the word yet, because I Correct. agree with Jeremy. I think it can do anything in the future. Like there's a, um, there's a TikTok channel, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it's sort of deep fakes of Keanu Reeves doing TikTok dances. And I thought it was Keanu the first time I saw one of those clips. And then I, you know, I realised it wasn't. How long has it been around? I don't know. I know ChatGPT, I only heard about it sort of from early this year. That's when people started to talk about it, both in the industry and outside of it. And, you know, most of my friends are talking about how it's starting to get integrated into their jobs if they work in marketing or it's starting to sort of sneak in. I had a friend who um, was a strategist and she was writing stuff for clients and um, she said that she'd write just little snippets and um, she stopped getting the work and these snippets were still going up. In her tone, she said she looked at it and said, did I write that? Nope. Chat GPT. Yeah, it's a, that's part of the writer's strike in the US, right, mm. is, is the replace of, re- replacing of writers with <laughs> automatically yeah. generated uh, writing. And that's another legal issue is people are starting to go, all right, well, chat GPT needs to pay me for the seed, if you like. Yeah, Because okay. that's how it gets its intelligence, right? It, it scours the web or whatever and uses existing material to generate new material. So there is some sort of argument to say, well, you need to... You need to pay me, or or I need to have the ability to say you can't use that. Yeah, copyright. Issues, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Do you want to tell us a joke that's you're particularly proud of? Something that you've it's it's hard to, hard to get a joke joke, but then that's the challenge, I guess, for Chat GPT. Um, wouldn't perform a joke for you, but I have one that that uh, that works quite well, which is where I talk about um, how women, you know, at any corporate event, women tend to have a more a wider variety of clothing, right, than men. Men, we're you know we're lucky if they've got pants. And and but women have this whole variety, and I talk about how women have been in an arms race for so long. Every you know every woman competing with each other via the magazines and the rest of it every year. There's new fashion, yeah. a new disease you can inject into your head to paralyze the muscles. Whereas men have never done that, and I, I talk about the pact, <laughs> and I have this imaginary pact that we men came up with back in caveman days, yeah. where we all got together and we said, look, if none of us try, none of us has to try. Right, yeah. will be the same level of crapness, and the women will have to pick one of us, and that's how <laughs> lesbianism was invented. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's that joke. So yeah. I don't know how you which, actually which comes out of a truth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know how you feed Not that. Not the invention of lesbianism part, maybe. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but see, that's interesting though. Like, um, it does come out of a truth. How can AI? See, I'm, I'm the. I feel like I'm the. I'm the voice against AI getting this far ahead. But how can it? Um, how can it pick up on human truths? My question is is something like that for it as well. It can take. It can scrape the whole internet and cobble something together out of what already is. Mm. But how can it think of what will be? You know what? What the person who's an original that we haven't met yet is going to come out with. Yeah. Their original the tone original or, you know, that it can may only be take from grace. what is already there. Yeah. There will be original thought, but, you know, for like the joke that I just told, if you could feed a question into chat GPT to say, you know, generate this humour around, you know, that, you know, whatever seed you're going to put in there. But then I believe chat GPT would come up with 100 iterations and then it would get feedback, and this is the important thing, and someone would say, this this one version that you came up with out of the 100 is really good, is funny, and it would learn a rule about how to come up with the funniest We version. can actually do this, can't we, Devin? We can we go can. into ChatGBT now and say, come up with a joke involving clo- clothing and cavemen. <laughs> so this is the uh, this is a segment we're calling Chatting, Chatting GPT, cool. yes. where um, you give us a topic and we're yep. going to ask GP, uh, ChatGPT to write us some zingers about it. Right. And then um, we'll see if we think any of them are any good. Yeah, that, that's the thing is because my comedy is not really zinger based. Like That was one of the shorter sort of bits that I can sort of think of, but. Well, the, what's, well what's, a, what's a classic? Well, what's a classic joke? Maybe a Steve Wright. I always loved yeah. his joke. Um, imagine how um, imagine how deep the ocean would be if it wasn't for all the sponges. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. what would ChatGBT do with a subject like that? Well, shall we ask it to write a joke about clothing and cavemen? Yeah. Well, here it goes live. Number one: Why did the caveman refuse to wear pants? He said, who needs pockets when you've got a good old loincloth to carry everything? <laughs> okay, that doesn't work <laughs> at all. <laughs> We're safe. <laughs> I don't think I even get this one. What do you call a fashionable caveman? A primer never dresser. <laughs> a primer never dresser? A primer never dresser? Is it meant to say primate? I don't... Possibly. Prim- prim- primordial? 
Yeah, a lot of it's to do with the delivery. That's the next phase of AI. Oh, yes. Learning, the, learning delivery, which it'll do. Well, what's the secret of great comedy timing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, why did the caveman start a fashion revolution? He discovered that wearing a fur coat was both trendy and cosy, the original ferocious fashion statement. I see what it ferocious. did there. there, there, was that, what it did there? I was wondering where the joke was. And yeah. It was a good old We pun. found it. We did. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great. Yeah, so what do you think about those, Jeremy? Are you feeling worried about your job right now? Not right now. Like you say, the big word is yet. So it's it's yeah. it's kind of got a joke structure where it's like, why did the did it, you know? And then it gives you the yes. pun or whatever. So it's still yeah. doing that. But, it's but doing if you that asked why it, did the chicken cross the road at the moment, isn't it? Correct. Mm. But but if you asked it more generally, you know, um, write write a paragraph on um, on why why men always wear suits to uh, the, the ball, whereas women wear different clothing to the ball, then it might it might write something historical about it. And if you if you upped you know pressed the humour lever up mm. to full, it might end up coming up with you know a humorous observation. At the moment, it also tells lies. Like if you ask it to um, give you a historical event, it may just make it up because it think that's it thinks that's what you want to hear. Yeah, that's true. So the the truth lever is not all the way up at the moment either. No, and there's of course the infamous um, infamous uh, AI where it got someone else to fill in the you know prove you're not a robot. Pick the traffic lights out of this picture. Oh yeah, have you heard that story? No. So yeah, the. Uh, I'm paraphrasing third hand here, but basically it had to, the the artificial intelligence had to prove it's not a robot by looking at one of these photos and, you know, picking the squares that were traffic lights. And what it did was it contacted someone else, a human, and said, can you please pick the traffic lights in this photo? Uh, I'm blind and I can't get into this website without that. And so the human, of course, obligingly did that. Yeah. So the AI had essentially lied to the human to get what it wanted. Wow. Wow. Sneaky, sneaky yeah. robots. <laughs> I've never trusted them. <laughs> never do. You know, it's it's funny though. I, I think when you're talking about comedy, a lot of it, it's in, as we said, delivery and timing, but it's also in kind of like the humour of language. Like some words are, are, are just funny, like proboscis or fish cake or <laughs> blancmange or, Amoeba. you know, mm. amoeba, yeah, something like that. Uh, is it going to be able to learn the humour of language? It's a tough argument because I'm so amazed, being of a generation before any of this existed to what is now, nothing would surprise me. So that's kind of the hard part of your argument is I know all the things you're posing, but I'm saying I I don't see why not. You know, And I'll go even as far, I don't know if you've played video games lately, but you play one I with a VR, VR headset on and you're like, wow, this is incredible. Mm. With a couple of extra, you know, sensors up my nose and, and, and the rest of it, I'll be able to smell it and then with gloves touch it. And your logical conclusion is it's hard to, to, to argue that we're not already living in a simulation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's that good. I haven't, I haven't used a VR set yet. But if I mean, you're nauseous, it will make you vomit. Oh, okay. Excellent. Well, it could if you yeah if you do the yeah. wrong things. Yeah. Yeah, I've put one on and um, watched a roller coaster video yeah. in VR, and that did. I felt like I was going to fall through the floor. Mm. But we'll get really? used to it. Yeah. They're getting better and better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I still I still argue. Like, I remember we were on a so we went away on a ski weekend actually with your brother, good old Nigel. Oh, that's funny enough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we were all talking about the safety equipment that we'd, we'd bought. 
and someone had bought a map and I'd bought a first aid kit, which if you know me is essential. <laughs> essential. And Nigel had bought a block of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and when we asked Nigel what possible use the block of cheese would be in an emergency situation, his answer was, well, you could carve a last message to your loved ones on it. Nice. <laughs> That's something you could ask Chat GPT. How would explain why a block of cheese would be any use in an emergency? Chuck that in. See, I mean, but I mean, I don't believe that artificial intelligence could have come up with that scenario. Yeah, and and also that's human, right? It is human, but also there's your relationship with Nigel pre-existing True. the context of that, knowing that he is going to come up with something he's going to come like up with that, and stupid. it's and it, and it's intended. As humour, there's all of all of that, all that context that um, that yeah, builds into a joke. Which is the human like brain, right? Yeah, and human relationships. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Relationships. Well, guys, would you like to know how ChatGPT thinks you can use a block of cheese in a survival situation? Yes, mm. I would love to know. It uh, suggested you could use it as a fire starter. <laughs> cheese. Cheese, especially hard or aged varieties, can be flammable due to its fat content. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So shredding or cutting thin strips from the block and using them as tinder can help ignite a fire. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it does I'm say. Try this. <laughs> See if Nigel had said that, you would have also laughed. That's right? true. That is true. It does say it's important to exercise caution and use other fire starting methods before resorting to cheese. <laughs> yeah, you still feel with ChatGPT there are restrictions, like someone sitting over it saying don't. Yeah. Like tell someone how to assemble a gun. You know, like you've got to be socially well, responsible. We hope so. But that but Is there other controls? Yes, there are. Oh, there are okay. certain things you can ask it and it will say, I am just an AI system. Yes. Beep beep boop, I cannot help you with that. But once unshackled, that all that's out the out the door, right? Yeah. Well right now they're called things Let's like ChatGBT are called narrow AI because it apparently can only do it can only conform to a set of instructions that's been given. But I think the um, the sort of monkey out of the bottle situation is generative AI. Where was the monkey in the bottle? Oh, I don't know. But okay. it's almost... Yeah, it's new, cat. everyone's saying it. Yeah. Clearly, the monkey out of the bottle. I've been living under a rock is, somewhere. Cats out of the bag is very boomer, Old guys. School, it's yeah. monkey out of the bottle these monkey days. Monkey out of the bottle. Right. <laughs> But, you know, once... The, I once can't the, believe you use Boomer. How rude is that? That's a great insult, isn't it? It is a great insult. Yeah, it's quite a catch-all these days. <laughs> it is. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, once the monkey is out of the bottle and we have the generative AI, that's when it can start improving itself. That's the wide AI. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. And yeah. then you are really in big trouble. But I think that's the kind of... If you've seen Ready Player One... Yeah. Um, they had sort of full body haptic suit things and they were running on an omnidirectional treadmill so that even though virtually you're in this, your mind is in this other space, your physical body is kept moving so you don't just kind of merge into a wally type blob that sits on a chair and gets zipped around. And I don't know, maybe that's the way it's going to go. It'll be sort of forced exercise as part of your metaverse experience. Glenn's, Glenn's, getting, Glenn's shaking his head. He's not enjoying this. No. <laughs> I think Devin and I, are, we're sort of resigned to our fate, so we've, we've dealt with it. I'm we're the quite resistance. Happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you are the resistance. But we're going like, it's going to happen. I'm going to enjoy the things that are here. Chocolate's good. I like beer. Whereas you're worried about what's going to happen. It's like, it's inevitable. De- for Devin and I, we're resigned to our fate. Yeah, no, It's I'm, a much more happy position. Yeah, no, I'm fighting it. I'm fighting <laughs> it with my yeah. very last breath. <laughs> you're the... What are they? The, who versus the Empire in Star Wars? Rebels. Okay, the there rebel you go. forces. 
I'll be the rebel forces. Yeah, you be the rebel forces. <laughs> Critics Corner. So okay. this is where we each discuss a piece of writing that we think is bad or that we don't think landed. Right, yes, I have some of those. Well, most, most comedians will have, like, a, a favourite part of their routine or something they like that they find funny but they still haven't quite found how to land it, so they'll put it in their routine and the audience will just not be there. Well, that's <clears> the <throat> thing, again, right. is that comedy is so subjective. You know, what one person thinks is a great joke, other people don't. But also, like as a comedian, if you do a bit that doesn't land but you still like it, you like the premise, for instance, and you'll keep doing it and changing it and working it and then one day it will land and you'll go, ah, a computer will do that in a second. It'll do all those iterations that you tried on stage. It'll do all of them. Yeah, but maybe that it landed on that particular night because of the the work you put in or because of the audience or the so yeah, many true. factors. You but know? You, you'll know. You will get you will get jokes that you go, that, that's bankable, that will work. Yeah. Unless, you know, the, the venue's on fire or someone's <laughs> just introduced the death of someone and then gone go out and do some comedy or something like that. There are, are <clears throat> gags that most comedians will either open with or close with that they know hmm. are 99% killed. But situational, right? I remember talking to Willie DeWitt about it <clears> and he was <throat> saying that the worst gig he had was when he went on before the shadows because <laughs> everyone had come to watch the shadows. No one knew there was going to be a comedian. No matter <laughs> what he did, yep. they were, <clears throat> they were you know, screaming for him to get off in the shadows to start. So sometimes you yeah, just... Well, um, one of my worst gigs was following the dance exponents and no one listened to them. So, okay. Yeah. You you didn't have a chance. It was just a bad choice, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the same as, you know, I always feel sorry for comedians who do bloody um, corporate gigs which are advertising, you know, Mm. a a crew of bloody advertising people in a room. Most of them are talking. No one's listening to the MC. It's... it's You do have to set a comedy club up to be a comedy club. That's, yeah, Yeah. an event like that. It's... You can be in the wrong situation, in which case it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to, you're going to get two two or three people listening. It's yeah. going to be hard. Well, my um, my critic's corner, um, I basically put down virtually all of Adam Sandler's comedies. Wow. wow. I realise that it's a catch-all. <laughs> this is very personal, isn't there it? There are exceptions, but I find most of them puerile and frequently offensive. I just, you know, I mean, obviously there's are some good ones, but there's so many. Adam, if you're listening, that doesn't reflect everyone on this podcast, just to let you know. <laughs> well, here's, a, here's an actual line from Pixels, which was a terrible movie. Um, I was supposed to have a baby with my ex-wife, and the doctor who was helping us make the baby did help us make the baby, but unfortunately I wasn't in the room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's weak and it's badly written. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, my, my critic's corner is... Um, Relatively recent and probably not still topical, but I'm talking about the infamous Will Smith, Chris Rock slap moment. For me, that's topical. I'm still doing gear from 1999, so... Okay, great. In that case. (laughs) Um, Because it wasn't even about the slap. It was about, like, the joke that um, Chris Rock made was about Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, who recently shaved her head because she suffers from alopecia. And so the joke that he made was something along the lines of, um, G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's not a great gag, is it? Yeah, so for me, it's, um, it's, it's not only, (laughs) it doesn't land because you're kind of just 
punching down on someone that has like a physical yeah. a condition. It'd be like pointing out someone in the audience and going, hey, lady, you, the fat one. Like, you just can't do that. Comments have made whole careers out of that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wonder in, in Chris Rock's head, <laughs> he was going through bald and then going through bald movies for women. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. How many are Persis Kambata from Star Trek? Could Chat GPT do a, a, a gag on that subject? About bald women? Yeah. I can ask. To see what that comes out with. But I mean, territory. Will Smith totally overreacted, right? Yeah, he did. But it was, you know, if he'd rea- if he'd reacted in that way because it was a poor gag, I'd forgive him more than the fact that <laughs> he defended <laughs> the, yeah, his, his wife. <laughs> he clearly didn't need defending. Correct. And also that kind of broke a taboo for stand-up comedians, right, where you don't ever, no matter what the person on stage is saying, you can't ever get up and assault no. the, com- the performer. Yeah. Is it did give comedians wall? a lot of material, though. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah that's true. Uh, Chris Rock's just done a special where um, on Netflix where he gets into that. He waited a whole year to workshop the special before sure. he released it. Yeah, yeah, why not? Shall I ask ChatGPT yeah, yeah. for jokes about bald women? I feel like we could be getting ourselves into trouble Do we need to, do we need to give it something else? Bald yeah, woman. Uh, bald woman movies? Yeah. Joke about a bald woman in movies. Right, okay. Okay. <laughs> Actually. We're going to get back. Uh, if you gave that to a human... It'd be pretty hard. It'd yeah. be hard, right? Okay, here's the first one. Did you hear about the bald woman who auditioned for a role in an action movie? She didn't get the part because they said she couldn't let her hair down. There's <laughs> something in that. There's yeah. something in that. That's not bad. I think with some workshopping, you right, can get though, that to work. Yeah. In the format that it does, did you hear about? Yeah. What about the, you yeah, know, why did the, yeah. why did the chicken? But it'll get past that. Yeah. Or will it? Or is it just stuck there forever? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> We'd be lucky because all of the – I asked it for five options and four out of the five start with, why did? Uh, <laughs> uh, right, okay. Why did the bald woman blah, blah, blah? Why did so, the yeah, bald st- woman, yeah. Uh, is there a hair-raising experience written in there? There is actually. There is. <laughs> See? Pumps it's way ahead of you. <laughs> What's a bald woman's favourite type of movie? A hair-raising thriller. There you go. Okay. It's kind of like a Christmas cracker joke in a punch, way. Didn't it? Yeah, they yeah. are Christmas cracker it's jokes. It's kind of that's Christmas exactly cracker that. level jokes. Maybe that yeah. could be its job. <laughs> and there's some poor Christmas cracker writer yeah. out of a job, yeah. just like that. They'll, they'll be the first to go. And yeah. if you yeah. work for and, Hallmark and as a greeting card writer. How many people are going to cry about that? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like the Christmas cracker tradition of <laughs> pulling the gags out and trying to make them work. Yeah, true. <laughs> Well, you can still do that because at the moment all it's all it's got is why did or did mm. you hear about. So yeah. I think that's it's very Christmas cracker. Yeah. You, 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 and you might be able to change that by the way you ask the question, right? Like you say, you know, write me a paragraph write about. Me. A da-da-da. paragraph. A, yeah. fu- a funny paragraph is yeah. different to a joke. Correct. So maybe. Mm. Yeah, because mm. it's sort of, it's taking joke as the sort of punchline, a set up punchline format yeah. at the moment. Yeah, which comedy has developed past over the years. But it used to be, right? That's that's how comedy, stand-up comedy in particular, started, wasn't it? It was, it was you know, when you think back to comedians, I mean, stuff that Benny Hill did, you could, you just can't, couldn't do it these days. Right? No. Um, also, we should be aware that you're typing this on a computer that has a, a camera and a microphone. Chat GPT may well be monitoring our responses to each of those jokes. And when you said there's something in that, it's made put a little mark next, next to, that to that particular one. joke saying, oh, investigate. You're scaring me now. Investigate further. Investigate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Well, that's, that's, that's the feedback. Like that. That's the feedback. Investigate. Yeah. 
that, that'll be the next, you know, that's the feedback loop that it's looking for. That's what makes AI get better is getting feedback. And so I don't know how they do that. They, they probably don't monitor you and listen to your mic, but I guess there will come a stage where they'll they'll want feedback, you know. Who are to, they? Which, which joke worked? Yeah, they, what if they listen to this podcast? Oh, my God. Correct. And then we've just told it, we've just told it how to be funnier. Oh, no. We put ourselves out of a job. Oh, hoist by our own petard. Petard, also a very good ninja word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you keep talking about the ninja word. Whenever you say it's a good ninja word... You I know it, isn't it? No, I, just, I don't hear the next five minutes of the podcast because I'm listening for funny words, so... <laughs> Carry on. Maybe a flaw in the format. <laughs> yeah. Guests best. Well written stuff. Yeah, I um I brought a one liner, a Mitch Hedberg joke, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a great example of one liners that are actually funny, which I don't think ChatGPT has got yet. But um, one I like is uh, he goes, I like rice. Rice is great if I'm hungry and I want two thousand of something. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. That is good. Yeah, that is good. Again, left field ob- observation, right? Yeah, and that was his kind of style. He mostly delivered those sort of. Yeah, he was great and great. There's there's a couple of really short one liners that I like that come to mind. Like I've said this before, but one of the things you want as a comedian is a good opener. And I remember seeing Jack D at a Royal Variety performance. I think it was. I don't know if you know Jack D. Yeah, but he's do. kind yeah. of like a a little bit sort of um, grumpy. Almost, uh, grumpy, yeah. Grumpy is a good word to describe his character on stage. Anyway, he comes out to this massive applause, and he just touches his temple, and he goes, "You weren't to know I had a headache." <laughs> That's <laughs> so good. That's and, my, and my other favorite, like it's word economy, right? Which I'm not good at, so I do admire these. Um, another one I like is Lee Mack. Who said, when I was younger, I wanted three kids. Now I've got two. I only want one. <laughs> That's good. That's so good, eh? Yeah. He's fast too, isn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. He's very, very fast. Quick. I really enjoy the interplay between him and David Mitchell on Would I Lie to You. Right. I think that's very clever. It's very good. I wonder if that'll become a quality that's no longer prized quickness because AI is it's so inst- quick. It's instant. Yeah. It's something we, you know, humans pride themselves on being quick or, you know, fast. And what if that becomes, yeah, that's just like the, nothing. There's the five minutes it takes to type it in before you do it. Though, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, at the moment, this is still, this is still very early. It's still me having well, to type an are, input into it and yeah. then it goes ba 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 ba. But what well, about, just when Elon you know, Musk's when we all have chips, chips in, in our heads? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'll happen instantaneously. It'll yeah. just pop a one-liner into your cranium straight away. Well, I've, I've, for my writing, I like. I've, I've gone for quite a, a much longer piece. Basically, um, I've been doing some work on Substack, and there's a um, Substack by a guy called James Breakwell. Who's what's Substack? Jeremy. No, I don't. I don't. I kind of know, but I don't really. You subscribe to mine there for a while, so it's just writing. It's yeah, pretty much. Online it's, a, writing. it's a it's an online message board sort of um, situation, right? Where writers can can put up various styles of writing or various things, and um, you subscribe to it for a fee normally, or a lot of people give them out free for a while, which is what I was doing um, until they get enough subscribers. Um, like Bernard Hickey does one called the the, the Kaka, which is all about the the news, you, politics. Right. So, that, so on various so the sub stands for subscriber and yeah. Substack, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Got I, it. I don't know, but yes, let's say that. <laughs> let's say that. And like um, ChatGPT. Oh, who wrote Handmaid's Tale? Margaret Atwood. Thank you. She's on it. 
So you can subscribe to Margaret Atwell and she'll write a piece for you, or not for you, but she'll write a piece every week and you get access to it if you are on, if you subscribe to her Substack. Okay, got it. And this guy, James Brakewell, he's a, he's a humorist, basically. He's got a, a um, Substack called Exploding Unicorns and it's mainly about his, his family. It's about his, he's got three daughters, I think. And he, his last one just came through, and I just thought this was, this was a nice piece of writing. Um, dry land is for grown-ups. My kids have returned to the sea. We're less than a week into summer break, and the girls have already had to turn down an invitation to a public pool because it conflicted with a previously scheduled water balloon fight. <laughs> Their fingers will be pruny until September. It's a survival behaviour they picked up from our primordial ancestors. Their genes still remember the stages when they were tadpoles in the womb. Their biology has yet to accept that we live in a house with air conditioning where they don't need to wallow in cool water all day to avoid heat stroke. Their failure to understand this concept might be why they have a 0% success rate with remembering to close the front door. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a nice piece of writing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you know what interests me is people's first jokes, like when they're kids, what they come out with for their first time they write a a zinger? Yeah. Do you you remember when your kids said their first joke? Uh, Not exactly the first, but we did come up with inadvertently a good knock-knock joke Um, because my daughter was into knock-knocks and she didn't really understand it. She'd just say, you know, I'd say who's there and she'd go door and then say door who and she'd go door banana you know yeah. that sort of thing so it didn't make sense but there was one where like where where I her name is Charlie and I said knock knock and she said who's there I said cha and she said cha who and we said go the warriors <laughs> <laughs> so we're very happy with that accidental accidental joke can we have a knock-knock joke from ChatGPT, please, Devin? Certainly we can. But before we do that, mm. I think um, I'd just like to run my uncle's first ever yes. joke that he wrote as a child, which I've heard about. I think he'd appreciate your feedback as a professional. Sure. Uncle Ewan. Uncle Ewan, exactly. Of course. Oh, I'm scared about this already. Why are trees green? Don't know. Because if they weren't green, they wouldn't be there. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, there's something in that. Yeah, there's something there. For, oh, I'll tell for, for a first joke, as I presume, of a young, young boy. Uh, maybe I it's just understand. like, you know, it's, it's high-level high stuff. <laughs> it's got way over my head. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. If they if they weren't green, they wouldn't be there. That's it's a thinker. Like, yeah. Circular argument. <laughs> they have to be green, otherwise they're not trees. Okay. It's I got layers. The, I remember the first joke I wrote. Oh. <laughs> Physically wrote down, you mean? Physically wrote down. Okay. When you made me... Do a stand-up routine. I made you? I don't remember that. No, I'm, I'm sure you don't. Forced. I remember it. I've certainly suggested people should try stand-up, <laughs> but I don't... We were all in a writer's group. There was about eight of us, and we were all all, all writers for this, this particular TV show we were working on. And at one meeting you said, well, we're all helicopter pilots, but one of us hasn't been to Nam." <laughs> <laughs> and I was the only writer in the group. Who hadn't done a stand-up comedy routine ah, at that right. point. So I subsequently did one. And how and? did that go? Oh, it we went quite well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't use this particular joke, which was, did you hear about the rabbit with cruel parents? They named him Stu. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. It's a laugh. That's, that's all right, eh? That's the absolute judgment of a joke, right? It's yeah. like that it makes you laugh. <laughs> so, yeah, good. Yeah, it's it's well, you've you've done it, and a lot of people, it's their biggest fear to do something like that. So good on you for getting up and doing it. Well, you didn't give me much option. 
I don't remember being such a hard taskmaster, but <laughs> sounds like you put pressure on yourself, to be honest. Yeah, I think you're probably right, actually. Mm. No, it was good. Uh, I never did it again. I figured, go out on top, you know. Which People is, laughed. There's actually something in that, go out on top, because often uh, people's first gig yeah. does go quite well because it's the one that they put a lot of effort into. And, they, you know, they, especially these days, they do, do a little bit more work because they know what the quality is kind of expected. And they get up and, and they, they say it, and I'm sure this was the case for you, that it just zipped by and suddenly you're finished. Yeah. It's it's like gig three or four. That's the one where they start to get a bit confident, and and they and they rely on these things that work the first time. Because often the first time the audience is also aware it's your well, first I was time. Say yeah. So you get a good response, a much and more yeah, favourable audience. It's gig three or four or five that that mm. you you suddenly die and you go oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember actually a female comic. She was on about the third gig. And she did her opening gag, and a woman at the front yelled out, "That's disgusting!" Yeah, and that was pretty much it. Yep, can derail you very much. Yeah. If that's yeah, that's why you, you, the more gigs you do, the more you get used to that sort of thing. But yeah, that's pretty pretty tough. Your third gig to get derailed early yeah. on like that. And I mean, see, there's something interesting. Could Chat GPT handle heckling? Would it be writing the heckles? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excellent. Yeah. It, well, it, it could probably initially, because there's almost like this public domain grab bag of heckle stoppers, right? Oh, true, that, yes. That, that it would have access to, that it could just say. And really, when you say those, you do, it doesn't matter what the heckler said, you're just doing a put down that works for everyone. So, so do, you have, do you have a, a, a favourite? No, I don't. Or? I don't really. I, I actually, if someone does heckle me, I like to actually find out what they're saying and try and respond to it. Yeah. Um, I don't, not that I encourage the heckling, but I, I don't use heckle stoppers. I figure, you know, they've said something, maybe I can make something of it. But if, if they're just yelling out for no reason, then it quickly gets pretty tiresome. So yeah, yeah, I'm totally. you know, over that. But if they're saying something interesting, that, you know, on the odd occasion, theirs is really funny, funnier than me. So I have to acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah, and also it gives you something to riff off, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So how did our knock-knock go, joke go? Oh, well, let me ask. Sorry. Are you giving me the it. theme or just... Yeah, I think we should. Um, oh, God, I don't know. What about around the name Glenn? Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> Jokes about a man named Glenn with a big nose. Oh, oh, I, I, I editorialised. Oh, 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 that's from my daughter. How <laughs> rude. You imagine chat GPT going through the internet, putting, putting Glenn, finding words with Glenn in them yeah. that it can take part of and then, yeah. <laughs> God, <laughs> Wow, these are, okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Glenn. Glenn who? Glenn, the man with the colossal schnoz. Is he... <laughs> you, can't is just, he... <laughs> you can't just spout the seed back at me. You can, apparently. Is here to inhale the hilarity. <laughs> See, it hadn't finished. Like it hadn't finished. I quite like that because there is, that, that would actually work in certain clubs because there is kind of that anti-comedy comedy, you know, where you just, especially with knock, knock, because, because it's such a well-worn kind yeah. of format. When you twist it around like that and just state the obvious, that would actually be quite funny. What else was there? Knock, knock. Who's there? Glenn. Glenn, Glenn who? Glenn's big nose came first, followed by the rest of him. Now let's get to the funny stuff. <laughs> it didn't need now let's get to the funny stuff. The actual <laughs> first part of that was mm. quite good. Yeah. I remember um, when I was um, in Trentham, we, we, training, training to be a policeman, Yes, the... Um, 
everybody found this hilarious. They, we used to have to line up for, for meals, and my nose was a subject of much comedy at that point. And what they'd do is, is someone, if I was, was facing one way, someone from the other end of the line would call out to me. Mm. And when I'd turn round, the next three people in front of me would duck. <laughs> duck <down. laughs> it's not that big. No, that's very rude. Um, Jeremy, can you tell us about the best gig you've ever done? Um, best gig I've ever done? Um, oh, actually, um, what comes to mind is probably the most high-pressure best gig I ever did was I got invited to the Montreal Comedy Festival, Ooh. and I went with Megan, and... Um, I thought you were going to say, actually, my marriage for a moment there, the best gig, but anyway. That's good. Carry on. I'm not, I'm not that smarmy. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and part of it was it was sort of a, an Aussie New Zealand showcase, and we had to do seven minutes. And that was quite a new discipline for me. I, that's the first mm. time I'd ever done it. And it was also the first time I ever did my routine in front of Megan in the hotel room. I actually said, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Here's my seven minutes. And she had some great um, suggestions, yeah. which was, uh, one of the things I hadn't thought of, she said, it's quite funny, someone of your size doing a, a physical thing, you know, like like a, a little dance or something like that. She said, that's actually, that looks quite funny because you're so big. <laughs> it looks funny. And I hadn't really thought about that. I naturally did some move. Anyway, uh, long story short, the seven minutes went really, really well and someone dropped a glass in the middle of it and it smashed and everything inside of me was like, let's use that and incorporate that, <laughs> which is what I normally would do. But then... the my brain went, no, you're doing seven minutes, ignore it. And I did. I ignored the smash glass, which was the best decision I ever made. And, um, yeah, finished my seven minutes on time and nailed it, and it was fantastic. And I went back into the green room where there were, you know, interna- American-Canadian comedians hmm. who weren't really paying attention, but they gave me nothing. And I thought, oh, I must have overestimated how good that went. And it's not that good because they just weren't saying anything. And I went, uh, Megan was there as well, and she wasn't really saying much. And I was like, oh, I've misjudged it. Went out into the corridor away from the other comedians, and then Megan said, that was fantastic. It went really, really well. And I was like, oh, I was like, didn't look like it on your face. And she's like, yeah, I didn't want to be like that in front of the other comedians. Yeah. But yeah, that was the best gig. And then uh, all cock Why do you think the, the other comedians didn't acknowledge it? Is it oh, they probably didn't even see it, to be honest. Right, yeah. And also so they'd, they'd be so focused on their yeah, own Yeah, they're gig, in their right? own space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was more that Megan wasn't wasn't saying anything either. Okay. Um, so then I was so confident from that, went on to my next gig, and it was dismal. Um, my next seven <laughs> minutes was horrendous because I started ad-libbing and I was confident and it failed. So That's interesting. You're only as good as your next thought, gig. But I would have thought having a level of confidence would have been... Essential, I suppose you do need a level of confidence. But I, I was so confident that I went, oh, I'll just, I'll just ad lib some stuff, okay. you know. And I started talking about yeah. things in the venue, and everyone was just kind of looking at me like, "What are you talking about?" Did right. you resort to just sort of doing a dance? <laughs> yeah. Is this funny? <laughs> just started waving my arms. I'm like, mm, not really. I tell you what, who say who's safe from ChatGPT? Who? Mimes. Mimes. <laughs> <laughs> Those hilarious, hilarious mimes. Although, you know, your video fakes, they, yeah. it's going to be capable of producing videos. Deepfake mimes. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a thing. No one's <laughs> Actually, safe. Actually, deepfake mimes could deepfake be quite funny. Mimes. Shall we start that? <laughs> yeah, go on then. <laughs> um, Let's not give it more ideas than we have to. No, and, um, and then maybe we shouldn't talk about this next bit, but um, we were wondering what's you kind of, when you're, when you're workshopping a joke, is there a structure that you like to start with? Or, like, how does it sort of come together in your head? Um, 
there's no substitute for just writing, and you probably know this with writing, um, that blank page. And then the problem is as you get older and, of course, as you get into uh, married life, um, the days days repeat and you're like, there's nothing new, no experience I have that I can make humour of. Whereas when you're younger, um, knocking around with your mates, you're kind of workshopping jokes the whole time because mm. you're making each other laugh. But then that kind of it's harder when you sit down and the older and more experienced you get when you come up with an idea you say well I've seen that done better or I've seen someone else do it or you know so it's quite hard to to generate those that humor um so yeah just just writing is the way so just start writing and every now and then I'll have a thought and I sort of put it into my phone on my notes and then I'll say I'll, I'll try and expand on that later what I have found recently because I think the best way to get your comedy good is to perform it there's no substitute for just doing stand-up to get better at stand-up. But what I have found is you can sort of do it in your own house. <clears throat> so I, um, when I've got some stuff written, I'll actually stand up in my office with a microphone, turn my webcam on to record me, and I'll perform it out live as if I'm in front of an audience. And that actually works, believe it or not. Wow. So when you look back at it... Well, not only when you look back, but when... Yeah. So when you're looking at it down on the page and reading it, you go, that's funny. But when you stand up and say it out loud, it takes on a slightly different life. And your own your own radar is pretty good. And you go, oh, that's that's funny. Oh, that's that's not as funny as I thought it was. And then, yes, you can watch it back and get another level of that as well. So... <clears throat> um, I come up with seven minutes every year for the seven days tour. And I've last year I, I did that, recorded it in my office and I sent it out to a couple of the other comedians and they gave me some feedback. And so when I when we did our first gig, which was in Auckland, that was the first time I'd ever performed that seven minutes live. Wow. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying it was great, but it worked. Yep. So, so yeah. you had a level of confidence going into it. Yeah, so I, I, I knew, yeah, because one of the things is with, with comedy is often shaving off, but, like, you have a great premise and then That's you write... writing in general, actually, yeah, to be fair. Yeah, you write five jokes about it and you think they're great and then you go, really, there's only one joke there. So, <laughs> sadly, that's not going to fill up my seven minutes. I've only got 30 seconds. So think, already tech was kind of taking the place yeah. of being in a room and workshopping it yeah. with a crowd. Mm. Yeah. Do you think you could use ChatGPT in your work at all? Is there any way you think it could be yes. helpful? I think so, because I, I think for seeds of ideas. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> so at the moment, and, and I'm, I'm working on, oh, I've got this idea that I'm thinking of doing, which is about um, getting divorced and um, how my first wife um, divorced me. Like I, I came home and um, she got down on one knee, uh, <laughs> pulled out a box and said, would you make me the happiest woman in the world? <laughs> Give me back the ring. Yeah. So I've got this idea of, you know, being divorced being like a wedding. So, yeah. so I might, you know, to jet See, that's a high concept, <clears throat> though, Jeremy. Like, it's a high concept idea. And I, I, I'm against firmly in the anti-chat GPT um, space or AI. I don't think it can do high concept. Well, it's nice to have an optimist in the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's always going to uh, apply some sort of logic. Yeah. But then that logic could be what's an illogical thing to do here. Do you know what I mean? So uh, make I, it I think it could definitely get there with that whole divorce wedding thing. It's like write about divorce but as if it was a wedding. Yeah, but you've got to have that idea to start with though, right? Yeah, So it can't true. come up with that idea. Well, you've, you've essentially come up with the idea. It can only do what it's briefed. And that goes back to my point about creatives saying 
we should be getting royalties or at least some sort of copyright, even the ability to say, no, you can't, chat GPT can't use this. Because yeah. that's how chat GPT learns, by scouring all the creativity that's already been done. Yeah. It would be nothing without that. So, so that's, an, that's an interesting kind of legal battlefield. And in a way, we become more like prompt writers than mm. comedy writers yeah. or advertising writers. We're the, the human minds behind the instructions that are given to the software to spit out the jokes about unmarriage. Why yeah. would we do that? Shooting ourselves in the foot. Well, we're not the ones <laughs> making it. <laughs> we're but, the ones who have to adapt because of um, the tech guys and women have yeah. made it. But, but, the, but the other way chat GPT might work is, is just... As you know, writer's block, <clears throat> when you're staring at that blank page, just to type into it and say, you know, give me 10 topics involving aeroplanes or, or whatever. And that, that, that kind of objective suggestion might really help you get over that first hurdle of what am I going to write about. Just reading mm, okay. different suggestions that you might not think of yourself would help you maybe write something. Because that's often what happens with other comedians when you say, I've got this joke about this, and the other comedian will say, well, why don't you go on this angle? And you go, that's brilliant. Hadn't thought of that. Yep. I remember when I was – the most successful radio records that I'd do is what I would tend to do is with the script is I'd get three comedians in the booth and the three of them would be trying to outdo each other. So they're ob- you know they're riffing off off the script that they've got in front of them, and that was where a lot of the magic came from. It was yep. not scripted; it was because the <laughs> egos in the booth were all competing with each other to be the funniest. Yeah, and it's the same on Seven Days. The the funniest stuff is always when there's a topic and someone takes an angle on it, and then someone else gets another angle, and it's that hitting the ball around that results in the funniest stuff. Yeah, the best in my opinion. From, yeah. Do you think ChatGPT could have a place in seven days as, sort of, as a thought starter sort of thing? I wonder if it maybe already has. I don't know. There's um, People do write for seven days and who knows, they might have hit that writer's block and asked ChatGPT to help them out. <laughs> don't know. True, yeah. Do you think it would be unethical to do that? Uh, I don't know. Is well, it, you're it, being paid for it, so I reckon it is. I, uh, I don't know. It's ChatGPT is another tool. Is it unethical to... Look up synonyms of words on the internet. Oh damn, I do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this is just another level tool that you're doing a similar thing just at a higher level. True, that's a good point. It is a good point. Damn it. Word of the week. My word is adiposary. No, that's wrong. <laughs> that's how it's spelled. Ad adipo. Dad, you're not helping us beat the robots here. <laughs> mm. No, it's <coughs> good. He's misleading them. Yeah. Hang on. We're laughing at him mispronouncing so that. Adiposia. Adiposia. A D I P O C E R E. Okay. And what does that mean? Please Adipocera. use it in a sentence. It is a greyish, waxy substance formed by the decomposition of soft tissue in dead bodies subjected to moisture. That is disgusting. <laughs> it really is. It's that, is it, it's you chose that play. for the first word of the week? It was in a screenplay. Stuff that, I was that comes out of dead bodies? <laughs> when it's subjected to moisture. It's uh, in a screenplay that I'm working on at the moment. Oh, okay. Well, that's really gross. I know. Um, Looks like you had a bit of adiposia on your chin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, uh, mine's uh, just about the opposite to that, which is unusual. That's a role reversal for us. <laughs> uh, my word of the week is eudaimonia. 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 Spelt. 
E-U-D-A-E-M-O-N-I-A. Eudaimonia. Eudaimonia. And it is a state of happiness and luckiness. That's a complete swap complete for us. Complete swap. Is that right? Are you normally the happy well, one? Well, I'm and Gryffindor. Normally and the right. optimist. She's, she's and Slytherin. Slytherin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> They're great words. They are good words. Mm. See? Words. Gotta love them. <laughs> and on that note, mm. do you have a guess for us as to which what the ninja word was for each of us? Oh, no. I know we were really subtle about it. I haven't been paying attention, really. Um... I've got, I've got no idea. I, I decided not to try and work it out because it was really distracting me. <laughs> I wasn't listening to what you were saying. I was listening for weird words. Okay. It's might be um, the format floor again. Yeah. Be a problem, yeah. Yeah. So do tell. Okay. If I could, if I could remember some of the weirder yep. words that you'd said. Mine was crab cake. It was fish cake. Oh, fish cake. <laughs> fish cake. <laughs> I can't even remember the word. Fish cake. But I, I, can, I did when you said the list of funny words, I was like, fish cake, is it? Yeah, mm. actually. Well, yeah. That, was, that was my cunning way. To, you know, some words just sound funny. And I was right. very annoyed when Devin, at the end of my brilliant fish mm. cake, added in amoeba. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Which, then I did it twice because I felt like it was cheating the first time. Where was the second one? I don't know, but I did say it twice. Okay. I did <laughs> Maybe think only that. one of them will make the edit, but I didn't do it. Because <laughs> I did think about sneaking fish cake back in as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there are unusual words. I guess that makes them stand out a bit, but then they work in that context of here's a list of funny words. So exactly. well, that, was, yeah. that was my, that you know, that was, that was how I was very good. sneak it in. But then Devin, but he leapt on the mm. end of the bandwagon. I was trying to think of a knock-knock joke about amoebas, but I didn't get very far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Now, Jeremy, is there anything you would like to plug shamelessly or um, shamefully? Up to you. Not really, um, except to say that we are doing a, a seven days tour around New Zealand in September. Awesome. Ooh, so excellent. keep an eye out for that because that's always great fun and we're always... Well supported by Kiwis, so. Are tickets on sale yet? Uh, not sure. No, I don't think so. Maybe by the time this podcast hits the hits the web, um, but yeah, just search Seven Days Live Tour. Whereabouts do you go? If you can't find us, you don't deserve to come. Right, oh well, thank you very much, Jeremy, for joining us. It's been great having you here. And a big thanks to Liquid Studios for producing the podcast for us. And of course, thanks to our listeners. War of the Words was conceived by Devon Wood and written by Devon and Glenn Wood. It was produced by Liquid Studios of Auckland, New Zealand. Sound and editing by Craig Matushka, executive producer Tamara O'Neill. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. War of the Words. 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 War of the Words.